Here's another inspiring speech recorded at Communities in Control, Australia's biggest and best annual community sector gathering. Citizens, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, lifters and leaders, welcome to the Communities in Control Great Debate. My name's Brett Dehoot. Once again, it's an absolute pleasure to be a part of this very big day on the community calendar. We have an hour together to debate a proposition. That proposition is essentially, should we merge? The proposition in full is, should community groups, non-profits and charities and local government authorities stay small, nimble, responsive? Or, alternatively, should we merge and become big, secure and cost-efficient? Those are the choices before us today. And as the adjudicator, I feel it's my role to address what some might describe as a mega bias in the way these choices have been presented to you. In both the conference, website and brochure, the two sides of this debate, merge, not merge, are represented by some very well-known animated characters beloved to us all. To represent the small, nimble, responsive, non-merging side of the debate, they chose Bambi, small, furry, orphaned, vegan Bambi. Awww. You think they didn't prep for this debate? They prepped all right. On the other side of the debate, merging, big, cost-efficient, secure, they chose meat-eating, marauding reptile, Godzilla. It's not exactly a fair fight. Now, it's your choice. Orphaned vegan Bambi, meat-eating, fire-breathing lizard, the choice is yours. Some of you have already made your choice on the Our Community poll, ourcommunity.com.au slash poll. You can still vote. Are you in favour of merging? Are you against merging? This is the result so far. 19% of you are in favour of merging, 29% against merging, and rather frustratingly, 32% of you have said, it depends. <laughs> How quaint. Folks, the age of enlightenment, like the age of entitlement, is over. This is a debate. It's binary. In favour, for it, against it, ban it. That's what we want from you. Anyone who spends the next hour in this room and eventually votes for it depends can take their nuanced reasoning skills in their electric solar-powered car to the ABC Radio National Studio and take part in endless panel discussions and respectfully put forth your point of view about what I don't know because I won't be listening. This is a debate. I'm the adjudicator and we'll get you to vote for or against. It is up to you. And we will use the oldest, fashioned, cheapest, lowest tech show, busiest technique of all to decide who wins this debate using the clapometer. Can we just get some levels, please? Would you like to just have a round of applause now to test the clapometer in the back? We're getting that. Down, down, up, 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 to the right, to, yeah, and then back this. Fine. Please don't let me manipulate you like that again. I'm losing respect for you people. Now, Let's meet our debaters in the Godzilla camp, pro-merging, 
Stephen Main, someone who will be familiar to many of you who have attended our community events before. You might know him as the founder of crikey.com.au, a city of Melbourne councillor. Stephen is hot to trot to take part in this debate. So hot to trot, he turned up eight weeks early. <laughs> I was on this stage emceeing a panel discussion for the Board Builder Conference when Stephen suddenly walks in in his suit, ready to roll. He was not on the agenda. He was two months early. And you know what happened, don't you? He got on stage and participated in that panel discussion anyway. So, Stephen, it's good to know you're hot to trot. Welcome. <laughs> Besides, Stephen, his co-debater on his team, also arguing pro-merge, Rowena Do. She is the Executive Officer Administration with the Victorian AIDS Council. She spent five years watching lots of queer films. That's okay, she was the general manager of the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Last night on the interwebs, I saw a little video that her colleagues put together when she left uh, the festival. And it opened up with a quote from Rowena, and I think it's worth sharing with you here today. We are all seekers of wisdom here, aren't we? Yeah. We're here to learn, aren't we? All right, here's from Rowena. Quote. This is how the video opens up. Sort of fancy calligraphy and all that stuff. The answer to world peace is having great hair. So there you go, folks. <laughs> Somebody alert Ban Ki-moon. His four o'clock is cancelled. Rowena's in the chair. On the other side of the debate, the Bambi side of the debate, the cutesy, doe-eyed deer side of the debate, arguing that we should stay small, nimble and responsive. Maggie Maguire joins us. She is the CEO of Abbotsford Convent. Folks, who here is from outside of Melbourne? Hands up. Number one, a very special welcome to you all. I know what you want to do. You want to hit the, the graffiti daily ways and have tapas. You might want to see the, the shopping outlets at Bridge Road, Richmond, maybe the MCG, maybe see a musical. I don't know. But do yourself a favour and head to the Abbotsford Convent. It is a glorious precinct. Melburnians, is this true? It's gorgeous. Hey, for all you soft lefties, like, you know, anyway. And it is a precinct, a former convent, right alongside the Yarra in inner city Melbourne. And it has now become home to artisans making violins and glass blowing and jewellery making, all of which I represent with this simple hand movement. I don't know what that is. <laughs> there's, open, there's farmers markets, restaurants, it's gorgeous. But look, if that sounds like some Steiner School ideal, it's not. Maggie will tell you, it's tough to be the CEO of Abbotsford Convent. On day one, before construction could begin, she had to turf out 68 nuns who are still living in the convent. <laughs> Poor Maggie, that's a tough kid. Maggie, whatever happened to those nuns? That's right, nobody knows. Okay. <laughs> and that takes us to Peter Kenyon, CEO and founder of Bank of Ideas. This is a consultancy, a cult, some might call it, Peter, that has taken you around the world, 50-plus countries, 1,000-plus smaller regional rural communities. Anyone regional and rural here? Have I been talking too fast for you? Okay. <laughs> Big tip, stereotypes, they're a real time saver. So, <laughs> if, you're from, if you're from a small, struggling, regional country town, does that ring true? struggling with all sorts of mega trends, brain drains, loss of fundings, blah, blah, blah. You need to speak to Peter. He specialises in revitalising, rebranding and reinvigorating small community towns. Has anyone been to Sydney? 
That's one of his projects. It's really... Ladies and gentlemen, this is a conventional debate format for debaters. We'll each take their turn at the lectern for about eight minutes, at which time the lights will flicker, indicating 60 more seconds. If it goes beyond that, I'm going to hit you with the bell. Yep, that is my bell. I remember to bring it. I am a consummate professional. Now, we'll hear from both sides of the debate. Then each side will have two or three minutes to rebut the other side of the debate. That's right. Six sexy minutes of rebuttal coming your way, dear audience. And then you get to vote. Are you ready for the great debate? No, no, no. In the tradition of call and response, I'll ask that again. Are you ready for the great debate? I heard a no, but I'm ignoring it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on the side of the affirmative, we should merge. Please make it very welcome, Mr. Stephen May. Now, we on the affirmative recognise that you can't kill Bambi, that uh, you know, you're not going to vote to kill Bambi, but we want to trigger dozens and dozens of mergers in the not-for-profit sector from this debate and at this conference. You have to get with the program. Look at corporate Australia, ladies and gentlemen. We have had so many mergers in corporate Australia. We have more duopolies and monopolies in corporate Australia than any other country in the world. I'll take you through it. Coles and Woolies, unequaled anywhere in the world, 80% market share, dominating. Len, Lease and Leighton, a dominant duopoly in the construction sector. The stock exchange itself, a monopoly listed on itself, first in the world to do so, worth $10 billion. CSL, a government monopoly in blood, huge <laughs> $33 billion company. Westfield has the biggest market share of shopping centres in Australia than any shopping centre company uh, in Australia, in the world, I should say. News Corp, 65% of the newspaper market and a monopoly over the pay TV market in Australia, plus interest in radio stations and the Sun Lachlan with a share in Channel 10. And then the big four banks making $40 billion a year. We love the CBA as our sponsor today, but they are absolutely <laughs> huge. Absolutely huge. The secret is make yourself too big to fail. Be like a big bank. You're so important to the system that absolutely no government can get rid of you. Now, I want to talk briefly about the TAC. The TAC is a magnificent government monopoly in compulsory third-party insurance in, a, in Victoria. Now, the government could have set up little cooperatives or collectives in every postcode to run compulsory third-party insurance, but they went for the scale government monopoly. And as a result, magnificent system. $10 billion of dividends back to the government. Lowest road toll in the world. Lowest premiums in Australia. Highest benefits in Australia. And everyone is covered. It's no fault. The benefits of scale, ladies and gentlemen, and guess what? The TAC shares IT departments with the Work Cover Authority. So they're not just a big giant monopoly themselves. They say, we need to work with somebody else to get the scale and benefits. Now, let me contrast this with local government where I am. City of Melbourne, we've got 250 pieces of software. Uh, we've got 65 staff in our IT department and we don't talk to anyone. No one <laughs> helps us. We are a little fiefdom. Like every other of the 79 councils in Victoria, we have a fiefdom and we defend it tenaciously. We defend our turf. Okay, we did back up to Burundara and Burundara does back up with us, but that's the extent of it. There is no other sharing or supporting. 
Now, Jeff Kennett did not go nearly enough in merging back in the 1990s. He merged all the hospitals, he merged all the schools, he merged all the TAFEs, and he sacked all the councils and he got us down from 210 to 78, now 79. That was not nearly enough. He should have done what the, what the government in Queensland did in 1925 when they sacked 20 councils in Queensland and came up with a magnificent Brisbane City Council. $3 billion budget against our little $400 million in the City of Melbourne. $18 billion of assets. More people than Tasmania, the ACT and the Northern Territory combined. They are a giant of a council. They have scale. They have beautiful big budgets. They do toll road deals. No other council in Australia gets to do toll road deals. This is the benefit of size and scale and being the giant Godzilla. Now have a look around the rest of Australia. In Melbourne... You go 400 metres from Parliament House and you're into the city of Yarra on the corner of Nicholson Street and Victoria Parade. Four, and Tiger Woods, one drive, and you're there. You're out of the capital city. I mean, this is ridiculous. 28 councils in metropolitan Melbourne. All we do is a little bit of sharing on libraries. So at Manningham, we had, we had Manningham and Whitehorse Library Corporation. Melbourne, we don't work with anyone. We run our own library corporation. I mean, libraries <laughs> should be like McDonald's. There should be one group national buying body getting great deals all over the world, giving IT benefits to all libraries, and then local advisory committees, local advisory committees rolling out the model. I mean, I am a classic example of who you don't put in charge of a subscale not-for-profit. I mean, I was the president of the Yarra Valley Preschool in Templestowe, and I made an absolute hash of it. We had to change kinders with our third child. I was so bad. Now, at Manningham, they own 26 kinders, and they have all these committees and no one ever talks. The council didn't even run a, a, a centralised waiting list and you just had these kinders run by the teachers with this revolving door of committee members going through, no idea about IT, no idea about HR, payroll and just too subscale. And finally, thank God now, there's a bit of cluster management coming into Manningham where you're getting professionals getting involved in the management of kindergartens. So this is the message. You can still have your little advisory committees but you can get the benefits. I mean, the YMCA in Manningham, and they used to run our aquatic facility, they are their own little organisation. They have their own constitution, their own board. They are not part of the YMCA nationally. So you can merge and you can get the benefits of a big organisation. I mean, the Bendigo Bank is a classic example. They lend their brand, they lend their IT systems, their products and their pricing, yet they have 300 community-owned branches all over Australia. Uh, delivering the benefit with 60,000 local shareholders. I mean, no council could do this because everyone hates dealing with councils, but if you think you're dealing with a bank which is cuddly and friendly like Bendigo and then you've got this franchise model effectively, you get all the benefit of scale rather than just sitting around trying to be a small-scale operation. I mean, look what the Shergold report is doing. You know, you saw the mental health announcement, the funding announcement last week, where 45 funded organisations is down now to 19. So Shergold, sure, you know, Toxic Tony's going to finish off Napstein in November, so Shergold might, might get thrown out. But for now, Shergold is real. Drug and alcohol is the next big contract coming up from the Victorian government down here. They're going to do similar scale decisions. So, you know, it's not your decision to stay small. If you're a single-site operation, you're gone. And you're going to have Miani National or whoever it is with their 37 sites nationally. You're going to have each, the giant, you know, with 45 million in revenues and 800 staff doing mergers. Each has just done an excellent merger with Knox Community Health. So this is the way. This is the way 
you have to merge or die. 600,000 is a ridiculous, an absolutely ridiculous number of not-for-profits. The corporate sector has done it. If you don't do it, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be a loss for the not-for-profit sector entirely. You're going to have the next ABC Learning coming along. You're going to have Circo coming in from the UK, the big for-profit listed Godzillas. They are the real Godzillas, those guys. You guys don't merge, it's going to happen. We're going to get taken over. So forget the turf wars. And I know we are at a turf club here. And we all know (laughs) that it's the social issues. The social issues are the things that stop mergers. Now, last Friday night was an excellent 40th anniversary of the Eastern Community Services Legal Centre. I love this. They go out these little uh, coffee mugs, unlocking the law since 74. Now, they are a good organisation of how to do it. They started off as the Ngunnawadding Community Legal Service Centre and they then broadened their name, made themselves Eastern Community Legal Centre and now they're in multiple sites across the eastern suburbs. So, at least change your name and make yourself sound big. Make yourself sound big. (laughs) I mean, I work for the Australian Shareholders Association, <laughs> the Australian Shareholders Association. And we had a meeting with Twiggy Forrest, uh, boss of Fortescue, the billionaire, and he quite accurately said, you're a very small organisation <coughs> with a big-sounding name. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. We have three and a half staff, and we're up, and ag- <coughs> we're up, and ag- up against the Australian Institute of Company Directors with their 189 staff and their $25 million a year in revenue. But every chairman sees us because we are the Australian Shareholders Association. So change your name, give yourselves a big name, find a big auntie who you can merge with who will still let you keep a bit of autonomy, use their IT and systems and get the benefit of mergers so the governments that are trying to save money will give you the funding and not give funding to the other 599,999 of you out there. So please use this conference It's the lucky country. This is the time to get lucky. Have a merger. Forget about the turf wars. I've got the turf here. Okay, who's going to win the prize for securing a merger before this conference is over? You will secure the turf. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, for the affirmative, that was, of course, Stephen Main Incorporated. Now... Visual gag. You're working with props, Stephen. I, I uh, admire that greatly. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of this debate, representing Bambi, of course, please make him very welcome, Peter Kenyon. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard from the Suits Brigade. You've heard the corporate <laughs> pitch. What I want to present today is that from Bambi and, her, and his friends. We have heard from Gazella. Have you ever thought what Gazella represents? Go on to Wikipin. Have a look at how Gazella is described. The analogies that we have when we focus there. What I want to focus is not this whole focus that we've had for so long that to the benefits of the savings, as Stephen went on about the efficiency gains, the enhanced administration and technical capacities, the greater strategic capacities and all of those other desirable outcomes that we are constantly exposed to. I want to present there's another alternative and it's 20, 40 years ago that the famous book Small is Beautiful came out. And I suppose I want to remind you this needs to be the statement that we actually need to focus on today. I want to say that what we've heard and the comparisons to the corporate sector and whatever are really a whole set of myths. Myth number one I want to put up 
is somehow that this bigger equals more efficiency and cost effectiveness. Now, my partner in crime here will be, Alec, will be discussing particularly the community organisation side. I want to dwell on this thing called council amalgamation. Remember that, the Kennett debacle from 20 years ago? We are still reeling, we're still feeling the pain of what that has done to Victorian communities. Can I remind you of the words of Brian Dollery, who is the most respected person in local government from the Centre for Local Government in University of New England, where he says, most of the empirical literature from across the world clearly is sceptical about the efficiency of amalgamation improving the performance of local government. Have a look at his words. Go onto his website. See the stuff that he talks about. And we've already heard about what's happened in Queensland. Well, there was also a Queensland debacle only five years ago when they forced a whole pile of councils into this amalgamation. And what did Dollary say about that? Rather than saving millions with economies of scale, force mergers were prohibitively expensive, socially divisive, bitter, dysfunctional and a debacle. When given the chance, 19 communities immediately put up their hand to de-amalgamate only four were given the chance to do it, and overwhelmingly, after five years, all four actually de-amalgamated. The people in Noosa were told, to do it, it's going to cost you $15 million to recreate the, the state and the, the, the council of Noosa. And despite that, 81% of the population actually voted in favour of kind of like de-amalgamating. What they lost was worth a lot more than the $15 million they had to find. Look across the world, it's 30 years ago that so many councils in Ontario, Canada uh, were asked to go in. It was referred to at the time as the common sense revolution by the politicians pushing that. And the overwhelming reality is that for over 70% of those Ontario councils, their actual staff numbers have actually grown. No different, believe it or not, in Queensland. After five years of amalgamated councils, believe it or not, there's now, well, there were there now more council staff than in the pre-merged councils. It does not add up. Myth number two, somehow people feel more secure with bigger. Well, that ain't true. The reality is simply, if you look here in our neighbourhood, Sunbury recently, people there have asked for the vote, despite the Hume Council trying to prevent that from happening, what happened? Out of 118,000 people in Sunbury, well over 50% of people actually took the initiative to vote and over 51% of them voted in that place. What do we find? 61% of people said, up, ah, kind of like the, uh, to uh, the Hume Council, we want to be our own community. Despite all the rhetoric from the Hume Council about what was going to happen when they went alone, went back smaller, people still believed that there was so much more to be gained by opting for the smaller. And then we look at currently at Phillip Island. Believe it or not, here's a group saying, under one faggy council, we've lost too much. What I find amusing, who's leading that campaign? A guy by the name of Peter Reith. Remember him? Mr Work Choices. This was all about efficiency. And today we find the very same person saying the losses to Phillip Island have been unbelievable. We need to regain our own autonomy as a group. Myth number three, bigger is somehow a smarter option. Well, it ain't. Smarter options are things like resource sharing, looking at other options. 
Our opposition have already referred to the Bendigo Bank. Well, that's a great example. That didn't happen because these little groups were losing money. This was all about the corporate sector wanting to make more money. And out of all of those loss of small banks, well over 4,000 branches, a whole pile of community said, hang on, we can do it ourselves. And with the support, the franchise model of the Bendigo Bank, I think we've just heard a twisted interpretation of what it was all about. There, we've had 303 communities. And what's happened in those 12 years? Over $110 million returned back to their communities as a dividend. We've seen old-fashioned banking, Saturday morning banking, and above all, we've seen the return back of kind of like youth jobs. Near me is a little town called Muckenbudden in WA, population under 500. They've created their own Bendigo Bank, and today... There are six people, including four young people, employed within that branch. These things are possible. And the final myth that I want to present to you today, ladies and gentlemen, is this, that somehow we live in an economy. Well, I want to say that ain't true. We live in community. Despite the words of our Prime Minister this morning, we are not living in an economy. We live in community. And it seems to me that we've got to remember those words. Let us not put up the corporate sector as the role model. Let's begin to look at what does community mean. It means connection. It means a sense of attachment. It means enhancing the social capital of these places. And what have we seen with the forced council amalgamations of the Canadera? Well, we have seen devastation to that sense of community. Go and talk to people in Casterton or in Donald or in Witchy-Proof or... In, in Mansfield or in the home area of our elite uh, group over there, Warrandyte. Ask people there whether after 20 years, given the vote, whether or not they would de-amalgamate. I have no doubt that communities, if given the chance, well over 80% of them would de-amalgamate. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very serious debate. We are faced at the community level, whether in local government or in our organisations, with the threat of being forced into big is better. We're being forced into it through either bribery or through threat. And it just seems to me that those of us who care about community, and I suspect that's why you're here today, you care about this thing called community. Our opposition would probably quote Maggie Thatcher. What was her words? There's no such thing as community. There's only individuals and families. Well, we don't believe that. The Bambi team believe that the most important thing is the sense of attachment that people have within their communities. And we should be strengthening that rather than saying this whole argument about big is better. In closing, ladies and gentlemen, can I leave you with a wonderful cartoon by that uh, wonderful cartoonist, Michael Lingnick, who said, city is getting bigger and you get smaller. And I think that that cartoon I want you to reflect on because that is the reality that we are actually facing. Thank you. Peter Kenyon. Passionate and persuasive, is he not? Honestly, that anti-Tony Abbott and Michael Lunig stuff is catnip to this audience, Peter. Well played. <laughs> and in honour of Peter's vision that small is beautiful... For the second half of the debate, we're going to break up into 68 concurrent sessions and each have little debates. And any parents here, you have to go because you have to homeschool your kids. Anyway, moving on. For the affirmative, 
saying that we should merge. Our second and final speaker, please make it very welcome, Rowena Duke. Should we merge? Yes, we should. Why? Big is beautiful. In Australia, the lucky country, we love big. We're all familiar with the iconic tourist stops, the big <laughs> pineapple, the big banana, uh -huh. and the big prawns, to name a few. <laughs> we love big ideas, big hair, and big hearts in Australia. We go to the big day out, cheer the big bash, watch Big Bang Theory. We shop at Big W, use Big Pond, guard against Big Brother, and we may just have Big Clive as our next Prime Minister. Oh, very good, very good, very good. Good, good. Australia has big businesses like BHP, the big Australian, so why not not-for-profits? It makes sense. There are currently over 600,000 not-for-profits organisations in Australia. And that's a lot to keep track of. And I don't know about you, but I have trouble remembering five items on my shopping list. Or so says my partner. And most of those 600,000 not-for-profits are trying to capture the interest of Australia's future custodians, the next generation of donors, leaders and policymakers. Yes, I'm talking about Generation Y. Gen Y, with their short attention span, life, well, everything, is no more than 140 characters. And if it goes over that, they go from Gen Y to Gen Y bother. <laughs> Hashtag whatevs. <laughs> Having fewer not-for-profits means fewer emoticons. Right. Should we merge? Yes, we should. When every not-for-profit has a voice, not the voice, they rejected me. But when every not-for-profit has a voice, they all strive to make their voice heard, and often at the same time. History, no Hollywood, no, wait, history through the eyes of Hollywood has shown us what happens when we hear too many voices. One movie springs to mind, Sybil. <laughs> the tragic story of a woman who had seven voices talking all at the same time. And if one woman couldn't cope, and we know how good women are, if one woman couldn't cope with seven voices, how can donors, government, the general public cope with over 600,000 voices? Pure insanity. Another entertainment example, United States of Tara. Not so united. But we can get united and that means bringing some of these organisations together. Do we really need every sporting star having their own charity? The Shane Warne Foundation, the Ricky Ponting Foundation, the McGrath Foundation. Couldn't we just have one ex-Cricket Stars Foundation? <laughs> and thereby have one IT department, one finance and payroll, one marketing team, ensuring cost-effective use of a limited pool of money. With so many not-for-profits in Australia, there is considerable duplication occurring. Merging can deliver opportunities to exploit economies of scale by centralising some of the not-for-profits' administrative functions. Should we merge? Yes, we should. Now, you must have seen it all over the media that Godzilla is back where he belongs on the silver screen. 
Yes, another remake of Godzilla is coming to a cinema near you. And Godzilla keeps coming back because we love Big. He makes money. And if you have caught the latest trailer in this incarnation, Godzilla is protecting humanity. Godzilla is making the world a safer place. Because Godzilla gets things done. What has Bambi ever done? <laughs> By my reckoning, made a whole generation of crybabies. Boo hoo. <laughs> should we merge? Yes, we should. Mergers are good. Mergers work. We love to merge. Traffic. <laughs> spreadsheets. Banks. And yes, even people. Brangelina. <laughs> the creation of the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission was a merger of several regulatory bodies. Australia loves to merge. And merging is a great way to ensure security for so many organisations who are all fighting to survive. Just like birds of a feather flock together, so should not-for-profits come together. There is security in numbers, and the bigger, the better, just like shoulder pads. <laughs> Mergers work. Vision Australia was created in 2004 through the merger of four smaller organisations, including the Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind. And it went so well, they merged with another two organisations in 2006 and went back to the merger table in 2008 to join with Seeing Eye Dogs Australia. The mergers meant for the first time in the history of the blind community in Australia, one national organisation was now able to provide all the services required by the blind and low vision community. See, it worked. Should we merge? Yes, we should. Thank you, Aaron. I offer big thoughts with no apology. Join together, not for profit, that's the key. I am not afraid to throw my views around. We're thinking big and won't back down. Because they're big, profitable, and so secure. Face the facts are simply irrefutable. No one wants an old that only offers the least. Godzilla servant of the whole big feast. They say that mass has might and reaches in when all do merge. I say we're stronger when we join together and converge. Godzilla's big and we say good. Oh, should we merge? Oh, baby, yes, we should. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, arguing for the affirmative, Rowena Do, the musical. <laughs> well, Maggie, you're up next. <laughs> the ante has been well and truly up. Ladies and gentlemen, please make a very welcome, Maggie Maguire. Enjoy. You know, that was a really good example of how Godzilla lies. When you're all having morning tea before, 
Rowena said to us, I've got dancing girls, pyrotechnics, oh. full-on band. I mean, where the fuck were they? <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust them for a minute. Oh, my goodness, man. Okay. <laughs> Should I do something now? No, no, fine. no, fine, fine. Rowena's just poised an outrageous question. What has Bambi ever done? Apart from the enormous budget that we went to to show you an image of Bambi, I want to tell you a story. A wonderful, not-for-profit, true story about Bambi Land. It's about community and passion and zeal and resourcefulness and fun and energy. All the things that little Bambi exudes and Godzilla knows absolutely nada about. Eight and a half years ago, I was working in government. True, state government. I was very sad. I was almost suicidal. I would go into work every morning in my soulless little grey cubicle. I would talk to people on the phone, clients, people who were making fantastic art and I wasn't allowed to give them money because they didn't have enormous audiences. It was a very frustrating and depressing job. Then one day I got a phone call. The man on the other end of the phone wanted to talk to me about this place called the Abbotsford Convent, which Brett has, has loosely explained. Um, in the late 1990s, a destructor, that's a property developer, <laughs> unveiled their evil plans to convert all of the convent into a gated community with very expensive apartments and a golf club. It was going to be gorgeous. Thank heavens there was a fantastic community campaign bought out of that, born out of that. And it was born around a kitchen table, a space where Bambi feels pretty happy. They were mainly women. Sorry about all you blokes, but, you know, they were mainly girls. And they relied on mates. They called in favours. They had no budget, no money. So they just, they cobbled stuff together, as those of us in the not-for-profit sector do so brilliantly. And in fact, their campaign was so successful that the State Library of Victoria has recently asked for every file because it was such an amazing commitment of human power and passion. So, 10 years on, it's 2014. We've got 11 heritage buildings, 6.8 hectares, 4 kilometres from the city of Melbourne. We started with nothing, empty buildings, derelict, sad. 10 years on, we have a million visitors a year. We have 120 leases. We've got over 500 people and organisations on our waiting list. We've so far raised $12.9 million. We do all this with not one cent of government money. Oh, I also do all that with the equivalent of 17 staff running the whole joint. How do we do it? Well, for a start, Everybody in the organisation is banned from using the colour button on the printer and the photocopier. <laughs> it's a very expensive item that we cannot afford to live with. Um, <laughs> more importantly, um, people. It's about all of you types of people. We've got lots of fabulous volunteers, from our board members through to our committee members. We have seven subcommittees and a board, but we want to be transparent. We want to actually be running a good organisation, a company limited by guarantee that everyone can trust. We have volunteers in our gardens, doing tours, taking photographs, helping people park cars. They're great. Stephen mentioned, make yourself too big to fail. I would argue, make yourself too strong to fail. 
Big does not equal strong. Stephen also talked about merge or die. I would opine collaborate or die. We have stayed true to the original vision. We have ongoing community involvement. The place is bigger than any one of us, so we, we rely on people and we have clever people around us who are all multi-skilled. I have a very clear system of rewards. It involves alcohol and sugar. <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> so there is a lolly bowl in my office that everyone is welcome to attend at any point when they're feeling flat and mandatory drinks on Friday night. Stuff Godzilla doesn't do and doesn't budget for. No one in great big government land would have had the passion or the vision or the capacity or the adaptability to see that this place could work. If government had taken it on, it would have been a complete failure. That's me buzzing myself. <laughs> I'm really glad that the convent doesn't get recurrent government funds or else we would be beholden to a whole bunch of Godzillaites who would be demanding on an hourly basis what we were doing with that $1.50. Our business model relies on community in its truest sense. Nimbleness, adaptability, resourcefulness, a point of difference. We know what we are and where we stand. We're not woolies and we're not bloody coals. And collaboration and sharing are really critical to us. So they're also the things that scare the Godzillas of the world. I would imagine that most of you in this forum actually work with those kind of passionate agendas when you get up in the morning. That's why what you're doing is often hard, but my God, do we bloody need you. So keep it up. Maggie Maguire. Thank you, Maggie, so much. By the way, I'd just like to acknowledge we have some young people in the room. Hello, young people in the very furthest away of the cheap seats. You heard it direct from a leader. A lot of young women here. Women on the stage leading, taking control of uh, society and the economy, and that's great news. You got the lessons there. Alcohol consumption, mandatory. <laughs> the answer is alcohol and sugar. Now go forth and conquer. Within moderation. In, oh, in moderation, yeah. And Maggie, by the way, that wasn't the State Library asking for your archives. That was Vic Police Special Branch. But anyway. <laughs> great bunch of guys. Who here... Who here has changed the way they might be voting in about eight minutes? Who here has changed their opinion on whether we should or shouldn't merge? Thus I ask, what the hell have we been doing for the last 40 minutes? Could have gone straight to the clapometer. Too late now. I get paid either way, it doesn't really matter. Um, time for rebuttals. To rebut on behalf of Godzilla slash the affirmative, please welcome him back, Stephen Maine. Up to three, Stephen. Now, look, the ASA, I'll admit, we, we've had a failed merger ourselves. We've got three and a half staff, the Australian Shareholders Association, the Australian Investors Association have one and a half staff, and we haven't been able to get together. Haven't been able to get together. So we're both subscale. This is not about criticising giant and fantastic and successful not-for-profits like Maggie's Zappert. This is about saying to all the tiddlers out there, that there is the benefit in some rationalisation. If there were 600,000 Bambies in the world, surely there'd be a cult. I mean, that would be too <laughs> many Bambies. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> surely there'd be a cult. Look, we're happy to settle for 250, all right? It's like removing the bats in Fitzroy Gardens or something. Yeah. So, you know, 
I mean, really, uh, Lindsay Tanner, I heard him say about the Fitzroy Council, 12,000 residents, that it was a, quote, bit of a joke. If even the lion of the left, Lindsay Tanner, describes the Fitzroy basket weavers as a bit of a joke, surely, surely we have not enough scale, Peter. We don't need more breakups. I mean, look at Hunters Hill, 12,500 residents, the smallest and the oldest in New South Wales, absolutely tiny. I mean, can you believe that one side of St Kilda Road is the city of Melbourne, the other side of St Kilda Road is the city of Port Phillip? I mean, that is a joke. That is an absolute joke. Surely you can see the argument for rationalisation and scale. I mean, once you start getting things really small, I mean, you know how bad councils are now. Imagine if there was another few thousand of them. If we had tiny councils based on postcodes, basket weavers sitting around, (laughs) toasting marshmallows, deciding whether a planning app can go ahead or not. I mean, it'd be an absolute joke. I mean, you've all heard the saying, and we've heard some swearing, so I hope you don't mind, but the smaller the stakes, the bigger the shit bite. We all know that. We all know that. So you've got to get to a level of professionalism and size and scale whereby you don't have those petty little bites over turf wars that you see in too many micro not-for-profits and every other tiny institution just asking about the kindergarten committee. I tell you, it was an absolute debacle. None of us had a clue. So wipe out thousands of kindergarten committees, wipe out all sorts of subscale. Let's reduce 350,000 Bambi. Let's just get it down to 250,000 and then we can all be professional and large and scaled and we can fend off those nasty gorillas in the for-profit sector, the circos of the world, who are going to cut your lunch. So come on, everyone. By the end of the conference, get lucky. Forget about the turf wars. Merge. We want to see a dozen mergers by tomorrow night at 5 o'clock and we'll publish them all on the Our Communities website. Thanks very much. Thank you, Stephen. With our final rebuttal, make him welcome once more, Peter Kenyon. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud of being one of 600,000 Bambi NGOs. We are proud of being one of uh, over 600 local governments around this country. And are we determined to make sure the cull does not happen? In my state, we recently had our Minister for Local Government pushing what he called the Kennett model to say, you know why we need this cull? Because it helps developers. It helps developers to be able to wreck community quicker. We have heard from the Suits Brigade today and I wonder whose side they're really on. They've told us to appreciate analogies of the big pineapple. They've told (laughs) us to look at the corporate model like Big Australia and Serco. They've even quoted Lindsay Tanner. They have brought back memories of Geoffrey Kennett and uh, his destruction 20 years ago and the wounds of that that have never healed. And we are told to look forward to living in a community that's bigger than Tasmania, Canberra and the Northern Territory. We have used a frivolous song to try to get across (laughs) points rather than trying to look at what could be some of those arguments. And we have been told to just look forward to getting on with the mergers. We have had patronising language like those little advisory committees. We are proud to be part of that. We're proud to be Bambies that want to be small and nimble and still provide that opportunity and context for people in community to feel some sense of connection. 
I want to remind those of you, particularly in the local government sector, that Australia already has the fourth biggest local government entities in the OECD. You know, in Switzerland, the size of a local government is only 1,500 people. We're already up around 41,000 people. So to say that big is better when we compare to others is just not right. And in closing, I just want to leave you with these immortal words of Albert Einstein, if we could flick that quote up. <laughs> One more. Any fool can make things bigger, more complex, more violent. It takes a touch of genius and a lot of courage to move in the opposite direction. Thank Great. you. Now, call me psychic, but in the moments after Peter referred to that song of Rowena's as frivolous, I know what he was thinking. Have I got another loony cartoon to show them? <laughs> I'm losing them. I'm losing them. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further, please thank our four debaters. Are you ready to cast your vote? Yes. Just as well. The proposition, one more time, is essentially should we merge? Should we be small, nimble, responsive, Bambi-like? Should we be big, safe, cost-effective, Godzilla-like? The choice is now yours. I will randomly point to one side of this great debate and ask you to show your support for that side via applause, otherwise known as the clapometer. Are you ready? All right, against the proposition, let us stay small, let's not merge. Please show your support for Maggie and Peter. All right, okay. All right, please, no double clapping. All right. Affirming the proposition, it's tougher than it looks. It's a triple negative. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm on ice. Right, now, the... That shouldn't get a laugh. Uh, I'm, I have an illness. Right, now, uh, Stephen and Rowena. They are saying yes to the proposition. Yes, we should merge. Please show your support for this side of the debate. Strong support. Pockets, pockets. Rebel enclaves of support. Just confirm for me one more time. Over here. All right. Sorry, Stephen. Commiserations. Rowena, congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, we shall not be merging. Congratulations, ladies. Oh, they're getting a sense of power now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You had it all along. Folks. In the tradition of our community's great debate, there is absolutely no prize for the winner. I know because I've been on the winning side of the debate sometimes. Joan Kernan didn't even announce a winner when she was adjudicating, but I'm not bitter about that. That was the year I won! Right, fine. We hope you've enjoyed this highlight from the community's In Control Library. If you did, we'd love you to rate or review this podcast in the iTunes store and for you to share it with your friends. For further information about Communities in Control, visit communitiesincontrol.com.au.